tracks. It's a pretty simple topic that we discussed today, but uh, we'll go over it. Hopefully, not too long. It'll be fairly quick, just to get the point across and then uh, finish up. But we talked about promissory restitution. What that is is just when there has been a promise made, and a person, when a promise has been made to pay for a service after the service had been done but then they failed to actually pay for that service and what happens here it's it occurs when there's a promise made but no consideration was provided for that and typically that's going to be when the consideration occurred in the past meaning the service was passed and the person is promising to pay for that past stuff but now there's no consideration for that promise now because contracts do not rely on past consideration. They need to rely on current consideration. So it's what do you do if that happens? And there are two sections of the rest uh, of the restatement of contracts. Maybe it's restatement of restitution. I can't remember. I will have to confirm that, put it in the notes. Uh, but it's section 82 and section 86, and there's a case for each of them. The first is Mills versus Wyman. What happened here is that Wyman was a fairly well-off father. His son, uh, age 25, had gone off to live on his own, do his own thing, and uh, he had be- become ill. And uh, the plaintiff, out of kindness, perhaps a bit of mercy, took care of the son eventually the son ended up dying and the father heard about this and he said well i want to thank you for taking care of my son and i want to pay you for that how much did this cost and so the person responded saying well the bill is this much and uh and then the father said i'm I'm not going to pay it what we learn from this case is that a verbal promise without consideration is not going to be enforceable. Here we have an agreement where the person may be bound morally, but they're not bound legally to pay this contract, meaning the father should have paid, but he is not bound legally to pay. There are exceptions to this rule, though. Uh, there are times when statutes uh, say that you have to pay for a past promise, past consideration. There are times when bankruptcy cases say that you need to pay for past promises, past consideration. And there are times when, and most importantly here, uh, where a parent has an obligation to pay for the debts of a minor, a minor child that is dependent on the parents. And those are times when the, a person may recover or receive restitution for promises that have been made is when the defendant are, is one of those situations. It, it's an interesting case, though, because, I mean, the dad in this case, it seems pretty, pretty cold-hearted, so to speak, to not pay for these things. Um, just just to put things in perspective later, one of the notes in the reading said, we can't judge him too harshly because there are questions about whether or not the son had actually died 
uh, whether or not uh, the and, and, well, and the person was very well off, and there are also questions of the intent of the lawsuit in the first place. Meaning, it's quite possible they were after his money, and was willing to sue him for it. Our second case is Webb versus McGowan. What happened here is that uh, they were both workers at a mill, uh, a lumber mill, I believe. And Webb went to the second floor of the mill. He was cleaning things up, and he had this 75-pound block or brick. And the standard of the mill was that you could take those from the second floor and just toss it down to the first floor. Well... Mills was cleaning up, sorry, not Mills, Webb was cleaning up. He grabbed this brick, and he began to toss it. And the last second, he realizes that McGowan is on the ground beneath him. And the brick, had he thrown it, was going to land on him and most likely kill him. 75-pound brick falling from the second floor level, going to hurt. Because of this, Webb catches it at the last second and really diverts it as Webb falls from the second floor onto the first floor with the brick, which ultimately ended up saving McGowan's life. McGowan is obviously very thankful about this and promises that he is going to pay him, I believe it was $15, $15 every other week for the remainder of Webb's life. What happened to bring this lawsuit is McGowan ended up dying nine years later and his estate stopped paying this money to Webb. And so the estate says, we don't need to pay you this and Webb wants the money because he was crippled from this event and so he sues for the money. What the court found here is that Webb can be entitled to the money. And it's interesting how the court gets around to find this. Uh, Professor Vestal did not like how the court got around to find this. It seemed as if they were looking for a loophole when there shouldn't have been a loophole. What they said is that even though there's no actual contract here, there is a material benefit that the person is receiving, and it's presumed that the person would have accepted had he had time to accept. Meaning, there wasn't time to form a contract. The person wasn't holding the brick up there saying, Hey, McGowan, if I save your life, are you going to pay me $15 every other week for the rest of my life? And then McGowan wouldn't have time to say, Yes, I'll do that. Save my life. Or vice versa, where McGowan looks up and says, "Hey, if you save my life, I'll give you fifteen. Well, I'll give you fifteen dollars for the rest of your life." None of that had time to happen, but there was this material benefit at stake, and the court says it was presumed that he would have done so had he been given the opportunity. There are better ways that McGowan could have given him this money. Once again, restitution is something that you should do as a remedial thing only, there are better ways to do it. The first way is that you could have actually made a contract. Uh, the event had happened, and 
uh, you could say, because of this event, you would have to find some way to give consideration. And so Webb would say, I'll give you $10 if you give me 15 for the rest of my life. The other and perhaps better way to do this is to have said that this is a gift. Because uh, what had happened is that they tried to form a contract, but there was no contract. And so the better way to do this is saying, I am making this a gift. And you can put that money into a trust and have Webb the beneficiary of that trust. And that would be a better way of resolving this issue. But that is finishing up our discussion on uh, promissory restitution. And ultimately, it finishes up our discussion about restitution in general, liability for benefits that people had received. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.